0: Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lauren Tomes. Thanks so much for hanging out and rocking with me today. We are brought to you, as always, by our friends over at Aurelio's Pizza. Woo! If you are looking for great pizza with delicious sweet sauce... Aurelio's is the way to go. Aurelio'spizza.com, you can find a location near you. As I always tell you on the House of L podcast, the Homewood location is near and dear to my heart. But anywhere there is an Aurelio's, you're going to have a great meal with fantastic pizza. And if you're looking for a job this summer, you know someone who is looking for a job this summer, you should check out Aurelio's and go work for Aurelio's Pizza. Have a great summer, make a lot of money, make some friends, all that good stuff. I'm really, really grateful that you're here for this episode of the podcast. I have been out of town the last few days. There was a a glitch in the matrix that allowed me, the Cubs had a day game on Thursday and I just took Friday off. It made it a super extra long weekend. And even with the super extra longness of it, it it doesn't feel that way but usually if i take about a week off i ordinarily will do a podcast so that i can get my timing back in order for when i go back on the radio and depending on when you hear this i'll be on at noon the next day but i wanted to speak specifically and do the podcast specifically today because Usually, we start talking about baseball teams at three different intervals of the baseball season. The trade deadline, which this year is August 2nd. The 4th of July, we're usually talking about a team. And Memorial Day. That's usually the first stop when we start talking about a team. Not quite a third of the season, but over a quarter of the season has passed for the White Sox this season. And I wanted to talk about where they stand and where they stand right now is in second place in the American League Central. That's where they stand right now. If we just looked at, I mean, I have a lot of things to say about this and we'll get into them, but if we were to just look at run differential in the American League Central. There shouldn't be any question on why the Twins are leading. They are a plus 32. Meanwhile, the White Sox are minus 45. That puts them in in similar company to Detroit and Kansas City. Not as bad as Kansas City, even though the White Sox seem to struggle to beat Kansas City. But about as bad of a run differential as Detroit has. If you look at the run differential and win expectancy, the White Sox are actually doing pretty well. Their win expectancy is their their record and win expectancy is eighteen and twenty eight. Here they sit at twenty three and twenty three. Five hundred team that has just really been. 500-ing all over the place. Hey, if 108-ing can be a verb, so could 500-ing. I'm going to start getting that hashtagged. Hashtag 500-ing. That's what the White Sox have done through these 46 games. There hasn't been – they did have that win streak that they went on, but even inside the win streak, you never felt like they had turned the corner, and that's part of the problem is that no matter what, there hasn't been a sense of, oh, this is the White Sox team that we were expecting. Here's the bunch that we thought was going to show up, and now they're here, and everything's going to be totally fine. And there hasn't been any of that. When you look up and down the White Sox lineup, You see too many batting averages that start with a number one. Like, that's wild to me. It's really, really wild. You see so many of White Sox players legit hitting in the ones. And the ones that aren't hitting in the ones are hitting in the low twos for the most part. Batting average is not something that we spend a ton of time talking about these days. But when you're not doing some of the other stuff, like getting on base and slugging, as a team, then batting average comes back into play. And you go, oh, they're, they're not making contact with the ball. They're not getting on. They're striking out a ton. What's happening here? I was really happy to see in the, in the finale of the Cubs series Sidebar, I think it's really stupid that the way that Major League Baseball did the schedule for Cubs-Sox was really silly. Both teams got their sellouts, and that's fine. And the Saturday game was on nationally, which was great. I I wish they would just, just run them back to back to back to back. Wait, did I just go Tom Amansky on you? Just do that. Let's do these four games. Or let's do them so that at least one of the series is in the second half of the season. Because if history is prologue, we are looking at two teams that won't have a lot to play for when we're all said and done here. And maybe one of the things to look forward to is seeing them play against the Cubs. I get asked all the time about the Cubs and, y'all, you hate the Cubs? No, like, I I don't. I want the White Sox to beat them when they play. Someone put up a poll. I forget who did it on Twitter. I think Maybe it was Sully. He was asking, like, which team do you want to see your team beat the most? And for the White Sox, the question was Cubs, Twins, Tigers, Cleveland, I think. Because you can only do four. It's twins all day, all day. And we'll get to the weird-ass twins coming up in a little bit. But, yeah, if whoever's on the White Sox schedule, I want to see them win. So if the Cubs are on their schedule, then obviously I want to see them win. I did this on the radio show, and I think that it's still worth doing. You look up and down this, this White Sox lineup, and you see dudes with ones. Yesterday's game, you got basically everyone playing yesterday because you're going extras, you're mixing and matching, you're doing all sorts of stuff. I'm going to run down the batting averages of the players that played in the game. TA, 356, and he's that's another thing we have to talk about. Mendick, 259. Vaughn, 267. Berger, 250. Shout-out to Jake Berger who I, I think that I'm at the point where I could be convinced that he should play second base every day because you're not getting that enough of a, an upgrade defensively from Harrison, who's been really solid playing second base. I want to make that clear. But you're not getting enough of an upgrade from him defensively to make up for who he is offensively. But I digress. Abreu, even after being on this hot streak that Jose Abreu is on, he's in 236, but luckily he's got that OPS back above 700, which is what you're asking for. Grandal, 169. And yes, for an average player in the game, he's walking at a nice rate, I think 14%. Before a guy who's not hitting and not hitting for power, that number's got to be almost double for you to be worth it. Grandall right now is OPS's 504. Sheets is hitting 210. He had a nice day on Sunday. But I still wonder if he might benefit from being in the minors and getting at bats every single day. Like I wonder if that might be a thing that he needs as a player. Pollock, 216, a 579 on base plus slugging. Ingles hitting 250. I kind of don't have a problem with Adam Ingles offense this year. Moncada 133. He hasn't hit at all. His OPS is 425. Like some of this like you go this can't be real. Like this I got two more numbers to throw at you, but I, I just got to go look at this. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> this is horrid. Slash line on Yoan Moncada, and granted, it's only 15 games. But his slash is 133, 175, 250. He's not hitting. He's not walking. He's not hitting for power. He's not driving in runs. What he is doing is giving you more than a strikeout per game at the plate. His strikeouts to walks are 10 to 1. That's good if you're a pitcher. It's really terrible if you're an everyday player. And I know that it's a guy that's fighting through some stuff, so I don't want to dog him, but damn. Larry Garcia is hitting 190 with an OPS of 476. And Josh Harrison, 167 with an OPS of 505. There's too many players in the White Sox lineup on a daily basis that are hitting in the high ones, mid ones, and the low twos. It's hard to win games, even when your starting pitching has been as good as the starting pitching has been for the White Sox. And yesterday was another example of that. Sunday's game was another example of that. Cease and Strowman pitched beautiful games. And you needed extra innings in the last at bat to, to go ahead and win this game. The way that this team was constructed feels flawed. It, it also feels so contingent on the guys that we hope are stars turning into superstars. Now, one of those guys has done that. Tim Anderson is a superstar. In words and deeds, he is a superstar. Michael Kopeck so far has been a star. And I and I, if he keeps pitching like this, you can start putting him in the category of, of superstar. He's been great. But Eloy and Robert, they have stardom in them but they struggle to stay healthy and it's I, I i can't blame the players for this like i don't i don't blame them for not being healthy it, but it is what it is like they aren't available for you and them not being available is making it so that you're having to rely on more people than you needed. If we go back to the off season and we started thinking about putting a roster together that was going to have fewer flaws in it. If we go back to last off season and start talking about the way the roster was constructed. The White Sox seemed to have to count on guys playing outsized, being outsized versions of themselves. Like, for this team to win, Adam Ingo has to be an outsized version of himself. Because they're going to need hitting to come from all sorts of places. You need Abreu to, at this point in his career, still be the player that he was two years ago. Because you can't get enough consistency with the players that you already have on your roster and it stinks like it everyone has talked about this the the concept of something's off and they're right i, I don't know what it is cuz i'm not in that clubhouse every day and the days that I have been in that clubhouse, I'll tell you that the vibe has been fine. But something's off, and they can't... Either they know and they can't do anything about it, or they can't figure out what it is. And it's... I think there's a lot at work here. I think the the roster is imbalanced. And because of that imbalance, they have to... They've got to work a lot harder than they should to try and get runs. They're not really built for it. Like When I look at the White Sox this year and I see that they're stealing bases at like a 90% clip or whatever the hell it is, on its face, I go, that means that they're like a bad team because they're not they're, – they're out here trying to steal bases because they got to try and steal runs. They've got to move – players into scoring position. And that means they end up being stuck. It's frustrating as all get out, man. It really, truly is. And at this point, I I think that it can correct. But I'm not as certain. Like, I, I leave open the possibility for it to self-correct and for the White Sox to get fixed. But I'm not confident in that anymore. On the other side of this, I want to talk about Tim Anderson because I think that that's important. Aurelio's Pizza is the place where you should go get pizza this weekend when you're watching games, aureliospizza.com. Me, I like the pepperoni and sausage. It's a good combo. The cheese blend is great. The sauce is sweet. Aurelio's, it's the sauce. You know it. You know it. I know it. We all love it. Aurelio'spizza.com. Tim Anderson, I was on a plane watching the White Sox-Cubs game. I was coming back from my trip, and I see Tim Anderson get hurt, and I'm literally kicking the seat in front of me. I felt bad. There's a little kid in that seat. It's a strange role reversal, right? Usually it's the kid that's kicking your seat. Well, no. I was now kicking his seat. They can't afford any more injuries. Like it, it doesn't matter who that injury is to. They can't afford any more injuries. But they damn sure can't afford to miss Tim Anderson. I'm glad that they came back and they won the game. And for a lot of people, that felt good. I saw my man Slavko say a, a bad win is better than a good loss. And in theory, I agree with him. But what you lost in that game was more than a game. You lost T.A. You lost the guy that's fighting for a batting title again in the American League. You lost the guy who, since he was on that like barrage of errors that he was making, Has played some buttoned-up, top-notch defense at shortstop. I really, actually like him and Harrison as my shortstop-second base combo, but Harrison is struggling to hit, and the White Sox are in no position to give up at bats. And without Tim Anderson, I don't, I don't even know how you construct a lineup. Who goes at the top of it? How are you gonna? mess around with, like, the 9-1 thing. Who's qualified to hit leadoff for this team? And the answer is nobody. Like, no one is qualified to hit leadoff for this team of the guys that they have. So I imagine that Tony LaRusso will play around with a bunch of lineup combinations. You're going to see Leory Garcia at the top of that lineup. You're probably going to see... Moncada at the top of that lineup in the hope of trying to change his mindset and maybe that kickstarts his career, like, all of this stuff. But it's just too bad. Like, and and beyond the the on-the-field stuff, like, T.A., maybe I'm assigning him too much credit. I don't think I am, but maybe I am. This guy is the heartbeat of this team. Over the last two years, he's been the the thread that is holding this whole thing together. And without him, you are in a bad, bad way. If it's two weeks, I guess you can survive it. If it's a month, that, that feels like Poker players who are drawn dead. If that guy's gone for a month. Here's why I bring that up. Specifically, and I was talking with Speaks about this a couple weeks ago. We were already looking at the schedule. These next two weeks, actually this next month, but specifically these next two weeks are a meat grinder. At Toronto for three. At Tampa Bay for three. Home against the Dodgers for three. Then they take on Texas. And a really bad Detroit team. But this team does struggle. Then Houston and Toronto again. Before another break with Baltimore. And then you get the Angels. June is is a rough month for the White Sox. I said I do a group text with a couple different groups. And one of the group texts I'm in is me. Herb Lawrence, Rick Camp, Tony Gill, the crew. Tony was like, what's going on with the White Sox? Like, how bad are they? I think that it's possible that the White Sox are going to be 10 games out of first place by June 10th. And that, that does not make me feel good at all. But when you look at it and you see that that's their schedule, that's what we're talking about here. And you're already, what, four and a half back? This could get real ugly real quick. And the retort to it is, of course, hey, there's still time. And there's truth to that. There is still time. But now now you're in a space, in a season where everything is kind of gone wrong, Except for a couple things. Like I think Michael Kopeck has been fantastic. Johnny Johnny Cueto deserved a better fate than he got Saturday against the Cubs. He was in there too long. But that's what I'm saying. Like there's whether we're talking about injuries, players being ineffective, strategy being able to be questioned from a roster construction standpoint and from an in game standpoint, everything has gone wrong. The optimist would say, well, that means that things are going to turn around, right? I, I'm not sure. I'm running you the schedule of the White Sox. The good news is when you look at Minnesota's schedule and you look to see, well, what's their June look like? Okay. They've got a 4 five-game series with Detroit. They've already lost game one. Then... They take on Toronto. Then they get the Yankees. Then they get Tampa. So that's great news for the White Sox. Then Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Colorado, Cleveland is how they finish June. So there's an opportunity for them to get some space. And maybe maybe the other teams will do a solid <laughs> while the White Sox are, are taking on Toronto and Tampa. Maybe the, the Yankees in Seattle will do the White Sox a solid and take care of business against the Twins. I don't think the Twins are very good. But they don't have to be, because the White Sox have been this bad. And so here we are. It's Memorial Day. It's that opportunity for us to look at our team and say, All right, they're through fifty games. I know it's only forty six. But they're through fifty games. What what are they? And the best answer that you can come up with for the White Sox is that they are an underachieving group. That's the best thing you can say. You, the best thing you can say is they're a mediocre team that has much better talent than they've shown. But I keep thinking that they keep thinking that they're going to be rescued that they're going to be rescued, Lance Lynn's going to come back, Eloy's going to come back, even though in the comeback, you already have, you got to add more days to him coming back because of injuries. The one thing that this team could not afford, the one player that they couldn't afford to lose is Tim Anderson. So what happens in the next two weeks, let's be optimistic and call it two weeks. You're stuck. And you're at a really rough part of your schedule. And it could end up being incredibly damaging to your chances of of making the playoffs, winning the division, whatever it is that you want to call it. I already took too much of your time, but I appreciate you letting me get back into practice. I got another episode coming out. It's it's rare that I do that, like back-to-back episodes. I usually like to let episodes breathe, but I do want to talk about Doctor Strange, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to make it spoiler-free. I'll do my best, but I appreciate you listening to me talk about the White Sox.